Welcome to the Consulting Pipeline Podcast. Software products usually have a switching cost. If you talk to anyone who uses email marketing with any real complexity or scale behind it, and you just even casually suggest to them switching to a different email marketing provider, you will see the color drain from their face while they reach for a Xanax. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, I, I've, you know, I've seen this in real life. That's an example of how switching cost creates lock-in, even if the vendor isn't trying to create lock-in. I have some friends who have recently completed or, or are in the middle of um, a migration from Drip to ConvertKit. They're both email marketing platforms. And what I saw is that they had to get really pissed off at Drip. The, the issues were around some, uh, hopefully, because I'm still on Drip, hopefully temporary deliverability issues and what seemed to be some longer-lasting, deep-seated uh, customer support issues. Anyway, these people had to get really pissed off at Drip to be willing to take on that switching cost of moving to ConvertKit. This isn't just with email marketing software. This is with lots of kinds of software. So switching cost is the effort of changing to something new. And the result of avoiding or delaying that effort is lock-in. Now there's another kind of lock-in where the software manufacturer actively tries to prevent you from leaving. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about maybe we could call it passive lock-in. It's just a byproduct of the switching cost. Because the switching cost is significant and potentially has disruptive effects on other things, you resist doing it. Ideas, worldviews, and ways of doing things have switching costs and lock-in also. For example, pricing models have switching costs and lock-in. So when we look at pricing models, there's at a minimum, hourly, fixed price and value pricing. There's probably some other variations of those, but those are the three basic pricing models that are out there for people providing professional services. Those pricing models have switching costs and lock-in. Specializing in a way that shifts your focus towards business value and away from purely technical skill is another idea or worldview or way of doing things that has a switching cost and it has lock-in. You know, in terms of the switching costs, I've spoken about what I call the fear. That's one of the switching costs associated with specialization. And I've seen it be such a significant cost, the cost of feeling that fear, of enduring it, of courageously moving through it anyway. That cost, that's, you know, maybe primarily an emotional cost, but I've seen that cost create lock-in where people say, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> Another switching cost is navigating this new landscape of operating as a, as a specialized software developer. How do you decide where to focus? Which of the multiple ways of specialization do you choose? If you now, as a specialist, can't any longer 
reactively feed your business through referrals and random inquiries? How do you proactively generate the kind of new business that fits your new focus? Those are all, you know, for people who are sort of in that generalist world, those all might be unknowns, and those contribute to the switching cost of changing how you do things. There is also a sort of reverse switching cost, I've noticed. Here's where you'll see this most easily, I think. It's project management or task management software. And I'm not talking about, you know, massive stuff like ERP software. I'm talking about things that, you know, businesses like ours would use. Small, solo, or, um, you know, five or ten employees, services, businesses. If we're, especially on the solo side of things, let me just limit it to that for this example. So if you're a solo, self-employed person, and you're using some kind of uh, project or task management software, if you're not really disciplined about using that tool the way it's meant to be used, a lot of times it will accumulate cruft and a sort of, uh, you know, all these barnacles that are a result of neglect. And those kind of get baked into your experience of using the old software. And then all of a sudden you come across something new or you just get sick of the old thing and you switch. And that act of switching is liberating. <laughs> it's exciting. It's invigorating. And all of a sudden, the learning curve and the effort that it takes to make that switch, that stuff is not diminished, but the emotional uh, burden of making the switch is absolutely lifted. And the switch takes on this sense of like lightness and optimism and, oh, it's a brand new day. I don't have to deal with all those tasks that had accumulated that I was never going to really do anyway, but I felt this sense of guilt every time I opened up the software and looked at it. That's an example of a reverse switching cost. It's There's an enthusiasm about making the change, and even though there's a real cost, what's inverted about it is your emotional response to that cost. I see this also with ideas that have a sort of appealing seemingly immediate positive upside. For example, you can, and this, by the way, has happened to me. This is why I can use this as an example, but I've also seen it in other people. You get excited about the idea of something like value pricing, and you rush to try it out during your next sales conversation. What actually happens is you kind of flop on your face, and your proposal, your first proposal that incorporates value pricing really just delivers a lot more sticker shock than actual value to your this client that you're trying out value pricing on. That's not because you value pricing is inherently flawed. It's because there's a learning curve. There's that switching cost of moving into value pricing. But the sort of halo of what that new thing promises for your business outshone the learning curve. And so you kind of neglected the learning curve or you overlooked it, or you just were so eager to get the results that you uh, maybe shortchanged the learning curve, or you just didn't know, you didn't realize it was going to take a little while to acquire this new skill. So I put that under the category of reverse switching costs because the emotional dynamic is the same. You want to make that switch. You're excited about it. And it causes you to be okay with the cost of getting there. Here's my main point. It's very easy. It's easy for me, and I suspect easy for a lot of other people, maybe you, 
to conflate the value of an idea with our negative or positive reaction to the switching cost that's associated with that idea. There are definitely ideas or changes to how you do things that you might rightly decide to avoid based purely on the switching cost. In other words, the idea on its own is good. It promises some benefit. You can see how adopting that idea or adopting that way of doing things would benefit your business. But the switching cost is simply too high. And so it's a question of the switching cost outweighing the benefit or the value of that idea for you specifically. And that's, you know, totally valid. I think about that a lot in terms of how I connect and build trust with prospective uh, clients and customers in my business. For me now, all of that's oriented around things like podcast guesting or my email list or this podcast. There are other ways that you can, you know, as I guess marketers might say, using their more technical language, acquire new customers. Paid advertising, SEO, those are just two examples. And those are two examples actually of things that I've done very, very little with in my own business. And as a result, if I was to say, well, I think those things have real value, I should try them out. And, or maybe I, I'll just kind of go in blind and say, well, this is how I'm doing things now. How I'm trying to connect and build trust with people is through showing up in search results and paid advertising. Those things on their own are not enough to do all of that trust building that's necessary to cultivate a new customer or a new client. But let's just simplify this a bit and say that I've decided those ideas have real value. I'm going to go after them. The switching cost would be significant for me. The switching cost would be a learning curve. It would be um, the emotional burden of feeling uh, bad or doing like I'm doing a crappy job at something at first, which, by the way, anytime you have to learn a new skill, that's an emotional burden you have to carry is the knowledge that your first efforts might, frankly, suck. All part of the switching cost. So anyway, that's an example for my business. If I decided, well, I want to really use paid advertising and SEO as the main way that I um, you know, find prospective clients and, and build a trusting relationship with them, then there would be a real switching cost. And I might decide that, that it's just not worth it. No matter what the potential upside is, the switching cost might be too significant for me to uh, decide to try those things out. And I think that's perfectly valid. Where I think we get into trouble is when we don't notice or think about or question the switching cost itself. So what we do is we bundle our assessment of the switching cost and intermingle that with the value of the idea itself. We, we um, conflate those two things. And we say, well, that idea sucks. And what we're really saying is I don't want to take on the switching cost. I don't want to change how I do things. So I think we need to distinguish between the switching cost of adopting new ideas, worldviews, and ways of doing things and separate that from the value of the thing itself because sometimes the value that that thing brings has a very long-lasting effect, whereas the switching cost is a temporary thing. Once you're through that 
period of additional effort or additional discomfort or the disruption that the switching cost entails, then it's over. And you can now start collecting the value of that new idea and have that be a long-lasting benefit for your business. I think when we start to bundle our assessment of the switching costs, which again may not be an explicit separate thought process, it might just be something that we feel. It might be our hot take, our first reaction to a new idea. We might really be reacting more to the switching cost than to the idea itself. And if we're doing that, it means our business is being driven by momentum or status quo rather than careful, courageous thinking.